Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Food Therapy. We are so excited for today's episode where we will be discussing all things food preparedness. So you might have heard meal planning, food prep, but we're talking about meal preparedness today. And this is actually a term that I learned from Rachel Hartley, another dietitian and author of Gentle Nutrition, who will actually be on our podcast soon. But today we really want to talk about, you know, what is meal preparedness? How could this really help you in when it comes to intuitive eating? And also what are some strategies you can begin to implement to make your life easier and be able to enjoy delicious food, but also be less stressed during the work week. Anything else you want to add to that, Lauren? No, you killed it. I feel like at the beginning of every episode, we're always like, we're so excited, but we genuinely <laughs> are. Like, we, we genuinely, always, it's true excitement. Yeah. Like, we literally spent like a half an hour talking about this beforehand. And I'm like, we should have just been recording ourselves. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's so true. So, something, and I'm sure you see this with clients too. I, you know, oftentimes people are like, well, can I meal plan? And when I'm trying to intuitively eat, it seems like they kind of go against one another, but actually they work very beautifully with each other. And the whole part of you know meal preparedness is making sure that there's no rigidity to it, but rather you have that flexibility to have different meals on hand and be prepared with different types of foods. And that's what we'll really get into. So it really allows you to have some sense of structure, but also be able to honor your hunger and make sure that food is available for you. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about the fear of like meal prepping versus meal prepping in general and the fear of like not being able to do that with intuitive eating. Because I think a lot of times when we think of meal prep, we're thinking, okay, these like bodybuilders are weighing their food. They're like making sure that their salmon and veggies for lunch are perfectly portioned out. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can be prepared for your week without having to have this like rigid and strict meal plan that you're abiding by. It's so true. I, when I think of meal planning, I think of these Pinterest, like I would say like influencers or like health gurus, and they have like containers of cod with like steamed broccoli. Like that's honestly what I think about when I think about <laughs> meal planning. So I think oftentimes like it turns people off yeah. meal planning when really it could be this amazing flexible tool to have in your toolkit. Yeah. And it's totally normal to have that fear of like, I don't know, should I incorporate this? And you can totally do it without it making, you know, old behaviors come back up. It's just, and that's why we're talking about it because it is important, like we said, to be prepared for your week, but it doesn't have to be so rigid. So Brittany, what are some ways that you do it for yourself? 
Yeah. So, you know, oftentimes my, I live with my boyfriend, Jeremy, special shout out, but he, so he and I are actually very much on the same page. We both like to have meals that are, are not necessarily planned out, but we like to have an idea. So on a Saturday or Sunday, we kind of sit down. Sometimes I will go through different food blogs that I really like. There are some cookbooks that I have at home just to get some inspiration. And we also look at our week ahead. So if like, we'll say like, okay, do you have any plans this week? Are we planning to go out for dinner at any point? And so thinking that way, I also think about time. I happen to be the one who mostly cooks. He'll clean. But for me, it's like if I have clients until like 7 or 8 p.m., like I know I'm not going to you know, try and be really innovative with my meal. It's going to be something very simple. So again, I look at to, we look to see like, what do we have going on during the week? What does the timing look like? And then again, like what sounds good? So we will choose different recipes. Sometimes we'll have leftovers for lunch. So I'll cook a little bit extra, but other times we have like our go-to breakfast options. We have our go-to lunches. It's really funny because we have been going through containers of yogurt by Wednesday. He's like, are we a two yogurt container household? And I'm like, I think we are. I think we need to buy more than one container of yogurt. Oh my gosh. that's But it's great. And then the other thing I will say is when you have food freedom makes meal preparedness so much more fun. Mm. You can choose recipes that sound really good and really nourishing and really tasty and not be so worried about the calories and the fat. And is this like perfectly, you know, portioned? So I would say it leads to a lot more variety in the types of foods that we have. And it also just makes it so much more fun. Yes. So much more fun. And I feel like coming from a place of dieting, we always want to have that control, right? So it's like, okay, I can plan out a few dinners, but then what about lunch? What about breakfast? And that's what we do too. Uh, and Austin, I kind of just started getting into this groove. Like for a while, it was kind of like, what are we doing here? What are we doing there? Having the exact same dinners, but a big piece of satisfaction in intuitive eating is making sure you're switching up your dinners too, because if it gets boring, it could have been so satisfying three months ago. And now you're like, I'm so sick of this. But we do the same thing where I'm like, okay, He's working till 7.30. I'm working till 8.30. Uh, let's do salmon in the oven. I do a sheet pan meal, salmon, uh, some sort of veggie that can go in the in the oven. And I pop my Trader Joe's three-minute rice in the microwave. Amazing. And dinner is literally for hands-on time. It maybe took me five minutes. So those dinners are so helpful for, like you said, those nights where we're like, cooking's just not happening, but we still want a really good meal. And it's kind of crazy because we had that last night and that's one of my favorite, most satisfying meals. And it takes me five minutes. But that's so great to find those meals that are your staple. So I was saying to Lauren, before we press record, we, Jeremy and I have been very into fish tacos. Yeah. And so at least like once a week, we'll do like corn tortillas with fresh fish and veggies and guac and all of that, but it takes like 15 minutes. So I know if I don't have a ton of time to cook, that is like my go-to. Yes. Yes. And I kind of forgot to finish my train of thought with the breakfast and lunches, but I think it's so helpful to have a few dinners planned for the week. And the intuitive piece is like, okay, what do we want tonight? It's not like Monday, we're having this for breakfast, this for lunch, and this for dinner. Having options throughout your week is really helpful rather than being so strict about it. So breakfast, like I usually have the same breakfast throughout the week because that doesn't bother me. If I have the same 
dinners. I don't know why it's different, but it bothers me. But I usually have the same breakfast or lunches, but we usually have at least one to two options for breakfast or one to two options Mm -hmm. for lunch. And in my brain, that's just easier to plan for because they're usually on repeat. And if I want to try out something new, then I'll take, you know, an additional 10 minutes to figure out what I want on Sunday for lunches this week. Uh, But it's the more so preparedness comes into planning for dinners. I also, something I find with clients is they'll say like, I'm frustrated because I don't want to think about food that much, right? I'm doing this work to stop thinking about food, but then all of a sudden 7 PM hits, I'm really hungry. There's nothing for me to eat and I feel really stressed. And so, you know, one way to really get behind this or around this, I should say, is again, like having those quick ideas on hand and some strategies, you know, we'll talk about throughout, but something I always have clients do is have things either in your pantry or in your freezer. So if there are like good Trader Joe frozen meals that you enjoy or making sure you have pasta and rice and beans and tomato sauce, obviously this all comes at a privilege because it means that you have the financial means to stock up on food, you know, but if you can, like having food available helps with the food scarcity mentality. Because even though like, you know, you can go and get food or you know, you can order in food depending on where you are, there becomes this like food scarcity mentality where you just start digging around for different snacks in the pantry and nothing is satisfying. It's not a meal. And you just feel kind of afterwards. Yes. And we're not perfect. That happens to me sometimes. Where I'm oh, like, totally. It happened to me last week. Yeah, I'm like, what did I even buy at the grocery store? What did I blow a hundred dollars on? We have nothing, you know, yeah. which actually has really helped since we've been doing this. Like, okay, what are our four dinners for the week? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we get home and we're like, we have one or two proteins. I'm like, what are we eating for dinner this week? So right. actually having those planned out rather than being like, let's just throw every single vegetable that's in the store in the cart. Like that's not exactly. helpful. And then they go bad. So it's actually been so freeing to have somewhat of a plan. And also I kind of want to give some staple examples because I love the idea of having some things on hand. So, you know, if you think of your foods, your components that you're putting in your meals, right? So we have carbs and a lot of these things are shelf stable. So you don't have to worry about them going bad. So something like pasta and keeping, you know, a pesto or a marinara sauce, like those canned sauces, if they're not open, they can stay for a while. Uh, Quick cook packets of rice. Like we were saying, those are our favorites. Oats, flour, cereal, anything like that. And then proteins, obviously a little bit harder to get shelf stable, but if you like canned fish, like tuna, sardines, salmon, I'm really picky, but I, the only one that I will eat out of that is tuna. I don't know about you. Will you eat I have had canned salmon, but the other thing too, that you can do a lot of people buy frozen fish. So you can get frozen shrimp, salmon, cod. So between the pantry and then your freezer, I feel like you could create these incredible meals. And I always, you know, suggest to clients to have frozen vegetables on hand, frozen fruit. If you let frozen bread, Mm -hmm. I honestly eat English muffins sometimes and I they're frozen. So I don't have to think about them. I don't have to worry about them going bad. I'm a huge fan of the freezer and the pantry. Totally. Yeah. And 
also making sure you have, and beans are another good protein to have in the pantry as as shelf stable, but remembering that flavor is very important for satisfaction too. So making sure you have some, uh, you know, sauces on hand, any type of sweetener, maybe it's like adding brown sugar into Mm -hmm. a sauce or spices or anything like that. And then fat's usually pretty easy. Like keep your oils, uh, you know, nuts, mm-hmm. nut butters, very easy to keep in the pantry. And like you said, love the freezer situation too. Yes. I always need a bigger freezer. I hundred percent. The other thing too, you know, when we don't have a plan, what ends up happening is you get to a place where it is 7 p.m. You're exhausted. You're stressed from the day. Your blood sugar is probably running low at that point, And your body and brain just need nourishment. So it's really hard to make food decisions that feel good for your body, that make you feel good afterwards when you're really hungry. Because at that point of hunger, you're just grabbing anything. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a meal. Yep. And so if incorporating gentle nutrition is something that you want to work on or just finding foods that really make you feel good and make you feel satisfied, making sure that there's some plan and action can be really helpful. Totally. Yeah. When you are ravenous and you're really hungry, all you're going to want is something that's easy, probably a quick carb because your body is very smart and it knows that that's how it can get energy as fast as possible but it's probably not going to sustain you for very long. So you're just going to end up getting back into the pantry, looking for that quick thing again. And then you're going to be on this cycle. You're going to be frustrated with yourself and you're never going to feel satisfied. So I was going to say like, I've had bags of popcorn for dinner. I've had a bag of chips for dinner. And I will say that it just isn't satisfying. Like it's, I love those things, but that is a meal I don't want that as a meal, but sometimes like if there's no food around or I'm so hungry, the thought of even ordering in food and waiting 45 minutes is just not happening. And what starts is like, oh, I'll just have a snack to tie me over ends up being like the entire bag. And then at that point, I'm like, well, now I'm full, but I don't feel well. And I'm also not satisfied. So it's kind of like the double whammy. 100%. Yeah. When you don't have food, and I feel like this happened to me a lot in the beginning of like my whole intuitive eating food freedom process where I'm like, I can do whatever I want. I can have a bag of chips for dinner if I want. And I had to have those experiences to understand like, oh, okay, I can do that, but it doesn't feel very good. Right. And And there's no judgment. It's it's a lot of like, oh, like this is interesting, but this doesn't feel great. The curiosity around it. Yes. So let's talk about some strategies that we you know, give to our clients when it comes to meal preparedness. One thing that I want to say is really starting by picking a day a week. It doesn't need to be the same day, right? Because again, this is all about flexibility. It's yes. not rigid. But if there's a day like a Saturday or a Sunday, like that's what we tend to do to get new groceries. But whatever that day is for you, mm-hmm. just sit down, take like five or 10 minutes and start to brainstorm how many meals you need, what sounds good, maybe looking at Pinterest or different cookbooks or scrolling Instagram to get some inspiration. Yeah. And I think letting go of the control here too, right? Because most of us who are perfectionists or have this type A personality, we're like, okay, on Sundays at 11 AM, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to plan my meal for the week. Right. I have had to let go of that because it was not serving me. I felt stressed out that I needed to be home at 11 o'clock to plan everything out perfectly. And then I didn't even end up wanting those meals during the week. So now I literally find myself, I'm in the car, 
and I forgot to plan for the week and I'm about to go into Trader Joe's and I'm like, all right, let me pull up one of these like recipe guides that I have and find some things that look good that I don't need to buy 10 million ingredients for and put them on my list. And that has just been so freeing, but also so freeing because I know I'm prepared, but it doesn't have to be so rigid. And just going back to what you were saying with the minimal ingredients, especially for during the week, choose recipes that don't have 45 ingredients. Like I love making a really involved meal, maybe on the weekends, but I would say for most people doing an involved meal like that after a long day of work, maybe you're, you have kids at home, like whatever is happening, it's putting a lot of pressure on you. So I was actually talking to a client and she was like, Oh, like I was so excited to make the soba noodle salad, but there were so many ingredients, so many steps. Like I just kind of lost interest. So finding, as Lauren was saying, finding recipes that have like minimal ingredients and that are really easy to prepare and not too time consuming. And that you have on hand, right? Like even if there is more ingredients, like it drives me insane when it's like, you have to get gelatin for the sauce and things that I would never have in my pantry. I'm like, absolutely not. I do not have the brain capacity for this today or quite frankly, any day. So finding those recipes. And that's (laughs) a huge thing for me when I give recipes, I'm like, you can eat in a way that feels good. That doesn't have to be hard. Like tonight we're having turkey burgers with uh, sweet potato fries. So easy. I yeah. literally can whip it up in five minutes. I mean, oh, I, that's actually one of my favorite meals yeah. that I have not made in so long. Yeah. Put some cheese on it. I know I haven't made them in so long and I don't remember what, I think I had gotten turkey, like ground turkey to make tacos. And I was like, I am sick of tacos. I don't want that. What else can I do? Right. Oh, turkey burgers. Perfect. You know? So as you also become more intuitive, you'll realize, okay, I don't want this. Is there anything else I can do with this and what we have on hand? Yes. And if you are listening to this too, and you're like, okay, cool. This sounds great, but I'm actually cooking for like two kids and my husband. We all have different tastes. Finding recipes where it can be applied to each person. So without being, you know, a chef for 10 people or five people, however big your family is, could you create a bowl? And so even doing theme nights could be really fun. As Lauren was saying with like Taco Tuesday, like maybe having a few different bases and then people can add their own toppings. So that way you have, you know, all these different options for people, but they can make it to how they want it. So that's one idea I often give to families because I'm like, okay, you know, I want taco, but like my spouse doesn't. So finding recipes that can be used in different ways can also be really helpful. Totally. And there's nights where Austin and I, I'm like, you know, I make something and he, uh, he's like, "Uh, I don't really want it. I'll take it for lunch tomorrow. And then we have things on hand where he can like whip up pasta real quick, eggs, put it in a quick wrap with some cheese. Like, you know, because there are times where things that you plan for the week are not going to be what you're in the mood for. And forcing yourself to eat that thing is just going to leave you unsatisfied and wanting more food afterwards. So saying like, that's okay. I don't have to have that this week. I can put this meat in the freezer. I can, you know, saute up the vegetables if they need to be cooked and have them for tomorrow. And if I don't eat them, that's okay. Cause I know food waste is a big, uh, stress or two, but reminding yourself that you don't have to eat anything. You don't have to eat at a certain time either. Cause I know a lot of times when we grow up, it's like family dinner, right? You have to eat at 6 PM or whenever, but everyone's eating. And it's taken me a long time to realize like, I'm not hungry right now. And I don't feel like eating and that's okay. 
Yes. I like the idea of like, again, that that's a flexibility. If it's right. really not something you want to have and you can order in or you can make something from your pantry or freezer, like going that route as well. The totally. other strategy... I think has been helpful for some people too, is let's say you feel overwhelmed in the kitchen. You don't really know how to cook or you don't feel comfortable. Something you can do is even outsource. So using, what is it? Like it's Green Chef, Blue Apron, one of those like HelloFresh, like some of those meal delivery services where they actually give you the ingredients, they give you the meal cards and you just cook it. It still takes time, probably like 20 to 30 minutes, but I found it to be helpful if you're looking for inspiration or just wanting to try different meals that are cooked at home. Yeah. Also like this is a little less attainable, but could be more towards your needs because I have tried some of those things and I'm like, I'm just such a picky eater. So it's like, it's so hard for me to like pick certain things on, you know, cause they have their like menu for the week. Yeah. And something I think about a lot is I'm like, when I'm in the suburbs and I'm in a cute little family neighborhood and my neighbor has kids that are trying to be, I remember I was always like, I want to be a mama's helper, you know, because I wasn't old enough to like be a actual babysitter. Like you can literally hire a high school kid to be like, Hey, come over and cook with me and like prep my meals for the week or something like that. Like you can get creative and outsourcing can be super, super helpful, especially if mealtime or like thinking about food is something that's stressful for you. Yes. And even again, going along with families as I love that idea. I never even thought of that. But another idea too, is even giving your kids different yeah. tasks in the kitchen mm-hmm. and having them be involved in the process. There's a lot of research that actually shows when kids are involved in making their own food, they're more likely to eat it. They're more likely to enjoy it. Yep. And so getting the whole family involved, if that is a possibility. Yeah. And that could make it even more fun for you too. Cause it's like, all right, I can make my meal, uh, plan my meals for the week and entertain the kids at the same time. Perfect. Yes. So another strategy is cooking more than what you're actually planning to eat that night. So cooking it once, being able to eat it twice or even like three times. And so for example, if you're making chicken one night, making like double or triple the portion, and then you have chicken for the rest of the week. And what this helps to do, one, you can have these leftovers for lunch, but it also saves time if you want to just reheat it and have it again for dinner for the next you know night or two. Yeah, that's been so helpful. And again, me and my pickiness, I'm so picky with meat the next day. So... Oh, are you? Uh, yeah. So it kind of stinks, but there's... I found certain meals that I'm not picky with. So like if it's okay. breaded breaded chicken, like I'm okay with Great. it the next day, which is weird. I don't know why. When it reheats, it has a weird meat taste to me and I can't do it. I, I get it. And turkey burgers are also good, I guess, because it has like the cheese on it. It masks the flavor. I don't know. But you can find things that work for you for the next day. And maybe it's, maybe you do a meatless night one night and, you know, beans taste better to me leftover because meat. I like get that though. Cause I don't like fish the next day. Oh God. No. Oh. Like I've tried to reheat salmon or like no. have it cold and it, I just, I can't do it. I know, which I is so funny it. because it's so weird how foods like the next day can be like, my mom loves like her signature thing is like lasagna. Ever since I was little, our Halloween okay. parties, like always made lasagna. And to this day, we always joke. We're like, you should make it the day before because the next day it's so much better just because like all the sauces are so it's not watery. It's like the best thing. So there's definitely things that I prefer 
the day later, but me. And going along with that too, like even freezing extras. So I know a yes. lot of new moms will do this. Like they will cook a lot mm-hmm. leading up to the birth of their child so that they have different frozen meals and options on hand. But this could really, you know, be used for anyone. So that way, if like there's like a lentil soup or, you know, chicken or whatever it is, you can have lasagna. Like you could just easily reheat that at some point, like a month or two later even yes. and have some really delicious home cooked meals. Totally. Yeah. It can be so helpful. And I forget who I was watching somebody the other day that was like, uh, if you're looking for something to give a new mom, just bring them food. Yes. <laughs> because they like food is the last thing on their mind when they come home from yep. the hospital. Like, but they so need to true. eat. Like they, they need, to eat. need to eat. So great idea. If you know any new moms. I love that. And also freezing meals as we were just talking about, but getting frozen meals like from Trader Joe's or something like that. Yes. So helpful. I love the the beef meatballs from Trader Joe's. Those are so good. Uh, their pastas, their cacio e pepe. I don't know if you ever had that or the... I forget what the other one's called. I don't know how to say it. It's like... For, for, it starts with an F. Really good pasta. And all the frozen veggies and things we were saying before. And even with smoothies, you can put together your own ingredients and put it in a little baggie. So all you have to do is put it in the blender in the morning. And there's obviously services like Daily Harvest. They do it for you. And that can make your morning really easy too. Yes. And again, like when you have the freedom to eat what you want to eat, it makes this process so much more fun because you're going to Trader Joe's and you're like, oh, like frozen mac and cheese sounds really good. Mm. And just being able to try different foods and not have to follow a certain system or looking at the nutritional facts Mm -hmm. is so freaking freeing. So freeing. One thing that I feel like we didn't actually talk as much about is snacks. Yeah. So I actually plan ahead with snacks as well. So, you know, I will get this week, I'm doing like apples with cheddar cheese. Like that's kind of like, and some crackers. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's one snack. Maybe it's like yogurt and fruit, or it's popcorn and dark chocolate. So, I actually even have like one or two snacks on hand as well, because oftentimes, like, we're eating dinner pretty late. And by the time we eat, I'm really hungry. And I need food. So I love having some really yummy, satisfying snacks too. I love that too. I need to... Sometimes I need to sit down and just kind of like revamp my vault of food, of recipes. And I feel like I need to do that with snacks because I've pretty much just been having apples and peanut butter every day for a snack. Yes. So... I actually, I got really good snack ideas from Rachel's book. Oh yeah, I should look at that. Okay. There was like two pages in there, like the cheddar cheese and apple slices, like that actually came from that book. Oh yeah. Even though it sounds pretty obvious, like, oh, like that sounds great. But I think she had like hair with cheddar slices. And so I will even go through those two pages and see like, ooh, like this kind of sounds interesting. Recently, and this is so interesting... I think I mentioned this on stories, but when you start intuitively eating, yep, that's the page. <laughs> when you start intuitively eating, like, I don't know about you, but I felt very turned off by certain foods that were quote unquote healthy and nutritious. Yeah. So I had zero desire to have hummus and carrots for like two and a half years. Oh I'm not gosh. even kidding. No, same. Zero. I think we really underestimate this process because it takes a long freaking time. Yes. I like only just recently started to allow myself to do workouts again that I was like 
pushing myself right. or it would trigger me. I only just recently started to incorporate gentle nutrition without, you know, going back into old behaviors. Yes. Like stuff takes time. And yeah, I have so many foods that like I would only eat during my dieting days. Yep. And, you know, if it depends what those foods are, but say it's veggies, like you have to kind of come up with new creative ways that don't trigger you back into those old behaviors. But it's just so cool when I'm like, oh, like yeah. for my snack this week, or maybe it was last week, I'm like, I really want like hummus and carrots. Like that sounds satisfying. It's cold, it's crunchy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, this is so cool that I'm actually choosing these foods because I'm genuinely enjoying the taste and the satisfaction and not because I feel like it fits in with like my health routine or whatever I'm trying to accomplish during that time. And this actually happened to fish. I couldn't eat fish like salmon or shrimp or sole or any of that for a year and a half. Wow. That happened to me with oatmeal for whatever reason. Mm. I only ate oatmeal. I thought it was like the healthiest thing in the world. And I, even to this day, I still don't even love it because I overate it so much. Not overate actual oatmeal, but like it was the only thing I really had. Allowed yourself to have. Yeah. Yeah. So it is really interesting. And, you know, if you're new to this process or if you're in the middle of the process, like it really does take time. So have that patience and that self-compassion for yourself. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, I think like overall themes for this episode, you know, again, when it comes to meal planning or meal preparedness, the idea is to be flexible with your meals and, you know, have that flexibility get creative and think about what sounds really satisfying. Look ahead of your week to see how many meals you need. And don't put too much pressure on yourself because this is also a very much trial and error. I'm sure like it sounds like with you too, Lauren, like it took some time to figure out a system. We're still trying to figure out our system because Mm -hmm. I still find that we don't buy enough food or sometimes we overshoot. So just know that the process takes time and it really is meant to just alleviate some of that stress during the work week so you can have food on hand that's enjoyable and that you really like. Yep. It's all a big experiment and that's okay. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at Food Therapy Pod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.